When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we are going to discuss our impressions, our first impressions, mm. first impression rose of the Nets draft picks in Vegas Summer League. Usually you say something. Yes, usually I do. I <laughs> left off. It's that kind of day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this is Mike here. Say hello, hello. Brian. Oh, it's Check us out on Twitter <laughs> at BK Glue Guys, netsdaily.com. Hop in that Discord. Ooh. Brian, where can they find the Discord link? It's in the Twitter bio. It's There's a link in the bio. You can click you, that. Yeah. Can you do Tell people what this Some people don't know what Discord oh, is. Oh, it's, it's a chat app and, and voice call and video app where we all hang out. We're the true brain trust of Glue Nation. Uh, exist you know online and we all just have dumb fights about nets basketball in chat form so if you it's where i get all my ideas if you want to steal them and spin them forward if you basically want to take the best arguments you've ever had on twitter and just you know fuel inject them um with brain power that's the discord actually no it's it's a real community that's very nice everyone gets along we've had some real connections people go up they like buy tickets season tickets together now this is it like really warms my heart what's really? been going that's on that's a beautiful thing it is to, a beautiful thing it's a good community so i actually uh, you know unironically not you know it really do join the discord it's very much like i don't know if you've seen eyes wide shut but it's the secret society um in eyes wide shut it's very similar vibes yeah. is what we're going for what's the um, pa- what's the password do you know do you remember oh yeah. what was it I forget. Oh, God, it was like Aphelio something. Oh God, it's yes. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, and I remember the, like the piano it's player not did not. It did not end up okay for that piano no. player. No, Nick, <laughs> Nick, Nick Moon. Nick. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> good, good start. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, what a great start to the pod. Brian and I are a little bleary eyed. Not because it's not like we had like a, a night out of of revelry, but I just think. Neither of us are fly- firing on all cylinders this we, morning. We had that discussion. We, we're, our REM cycles were interrupted. But we're going to go. We're going <laughs> to deconstruct these these summer league games because we did watch. We watched closely yes. with notepads and pens in hand. Um, so we have very hot takes about what we saw there. Um, so, Mike, I don't know. Do you want to start there or do you want to start with the rumor mill? You you let me know. You lead this yeah, dance. Let's, let's start yeah. summer league because that's what people want to hear. And I think the best way to do it is kind of take each player individually as they come and have, we're going to like break it down for a couple of minutes each. Uh, we're not going to hit all 45 players that are playing for the Nets Summer League team, but we're going to hit the big names that everyone wants to talk about. 
Now, do you want to start with Brandon Knight or do you want to end with Brandon Knight? Let's start with Brandon Knight. Let's start with Brandon because he really he has been a focal point of this summer league in a both improbable and unexpected way. Um, but he's really it's really his team. Like this, this summer league, this <laughs> summer his, league squad, his and yeah. Cam's team, yeah. and they are yeah. not teammates together for the most part. Um, no. I, so I'm going to color my analysis this way: is that I, I don't know. I shouldn't feel bad. For Brandon Knight, right? Like the guy, he has made a bunch of money. He's an NBA player. He's had a bunch of success, but you know, injuries have have sapped him of where he was used to be in his career. Where, you know, we joked about you and I joked about how like when we found out that Brandon Knight was on the summer league team, there was this very real reality because it was reality six years ago, where if Brandon Knight was on the Brooklyn Nets. We would have felt like it was like the second coming of Dr. J. We would have had, right? we would like, have had at least a dozen episodes just about about that, <laughs> about that one I'm thing. I'm pretty sure we discussed Brandon Knight many times sure. as like maybe a Nets target. I'm sure. And like, would he come in conjunction with a bunch of Kentucky guys? And like, is that how the Nets, like, do they go back to Calipari? Like, there's this whole moment. Oh, man, when like, the Calipari rumor mill. Wow. <laughs> that was a journey. Yeah. that Remember that was like, Calipari is going to make a comeback with the Nets. And I do. He's, he's going to turn the Nets into Kentucky, the grad school version of Kentucky. <laughs> um, so I will admit, like, so guys made a bunch of money. You know, he's still getting an opportunity. But I do feel, I don't know if I feel bad. I guess I feel like, like, I'm, I don't know, proud. I, I feel some, I, I feel an emotion towards him because he is at a point in his career where he probably shouldn't have to be in summer league to prove himself. But he is putting himself through summer league basketball, playing with a bunch of 19-year-olds to try to get a job. Yeah. But I will say it's an odd, it's just like, it's an odd vibe out there with like, I don't know how old Mr. Knight is, the Brooklyn Knight, if you will. Um, uh, I don't know how old he is, but him being mixed with a bunch of these low-end bench, early draft pick type dudes who who are also trying to prove themselves in the league. The cohesion on the team is different, and I think Brandon Knight v. Cam Thomas is like the greatest example of different. They're both going for the exact same thing, and they're both at totally different ends of their career. Um, I will say I've liked Brandon Knight's defense. Uh, I don't think he's going to be part of this team going forward. Have you either. seen Platoon yet? Is that a thing that you've gotten around to? No, you've r- brought up this is this is yet this is Platoon yet another goddamn week. This Ryan. is yet another Platoon example for war movies. And in this case Brandon I, Knight is again he plays the Willem Dafoe character as <laughs> as like the the you know the Christ-like figure who's now humbled himself and and he represents that part of the team, you know, him and uh Kaiser Gates and, and uh, Kaiser Sose Gates, Kaiser aka Kaiser Sose Gates. Um, they lead the you know the hippie like we just want to have a you know a cohesive simpatico experience here and maybe clap for. Did you see the quote that he had? I want to clap for eighty two games on the Nets bench for a championship team or something. That's what he Brandon said Knight. That? He, he didn't say I want to do that, but he was like I'd be willing to <laughs> well, clap I for. Love that. Literally, yeah. So that's you know he's like our. Or that's the humbleness I yeah, that's need the humbleness. the bench guys. He's the Christ figure. And then Cam Thomas on the other side, Tom Barrett, is just like, give me the ball. Brandon Knight, you're in my way. You're a hippie. 
bullshit is in my way, so I don't want to clap for anybody for for zero games because I'm putting yeah, this ball in this hole. Really a hippie. No, he he's shot not. the ball twelve I, times. He's not. Twenty six minutes. But that's the he, other thing. Willem Dafoe yeah. was a killer, an ice cold killer. But he just had a, a Christ like sure. you know behavior. You got to see Platoon, Mike. You got to get around to. Anyways, uh, um, but there is there is a war there with Camp. There's a, a secret war. It's a undercover. I mean, it's, secret it my, war. Marvel. If you're gonna bring if you bring if that I'm, secret invasion coming out, I'm going to Disney Plus 2022. <laughs> Sponsoring the show. Marvel is Marvel. The Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, they're the very yeah. they're very interested in our glue guys <laughs> yeah. IP. Yeah. <laughs> um good good cross promo um but yeah so and the cam thomas experience has been an interesting one do you want to just parlay the brandon knight right into there yeah because no one really cares about brandon knight if we're going to be honest yeah. and, and cam thomas so living on nets twitter is a dangerous place to live and so i don't know if i like should always be living down the path of nets twitter but i will say um i feel like the cam thomas experience is this like polarizing aspect of fandom where there's part of the fan base that is like cam thomas is the next james harden james harden he's a bucket getter right like i can see a role on on how he how he plays now he will produce next year there's also this other end of the spectrum where it's like he's a 19 year old who, who takes kobe-esque jab steps for eight seconds drives the basket no matter what only passes to get out of issue, like to get out of problematic situations. And he's like this all consuming offensive force in a negative way because he doesn't play within a team structure. And there's no way he could ever play with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and, and James Harden because they like, if I just want to paint a picture for something and I, I'm, I'm still illustrating the two poles of Cam Thomas, but if he ends up on the floor with the big three in some way, and he gets the ball passed to him, and he takes the three seconds it takes for him to diagnose the play, and then he does a dribble to the right, crossover, step back, long two, while Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden are on the floor. They're going to look at him and say stuff to him uh, that's going to be tough for a 19-year-old to take because they're going to be furious at him. Saying all that, the dude is super talented. Um, it, it is obvious that, like, with some molding, he's in the Jordan Clarkson, Jamal Crawford class. Like he is, he is mm. Lou Williams. He's a guy who, if if he just sort of molds a little bit, and he's nineteen, so he can. He's going to be in the NBA for like fifteen years, scoring yeah. points on someone's bench. And that's a, I mean, like he's um, as long as he doesn't have the the delusion that he's more than that. That'll be he can if he can lock that in. <laughs> Sorry, not the delicious. That's, that's pretty. Just, that's pretty. That was raw. I, he's yeah. the, the thing is he's nineteen. He's nineteen, and I, they had his mom. I do want to see. They interviewed his mom on the broadcast. Oh, she seems so lovely, yeah. and like, we're you and I are getting to the age where it's like, are we going to crush a nineteen-year-old? No, and I'm not doing that here. I'm not. That's, that's not crush. That. That's like we're, we're offering a guy like a fifteen-year right, NBA you're career. Crushing him. This you're is crushing a, I'm him. offering you a fifteen. I'm offering the easy way. This is the easy path. The path of least resistance. Know thyself, Mike. Always it's, know thyself. If we. Here's positives and negatives of Cam Thomas. Okay, I'll keep it that simple. The positives is that he's like, we joke about this guy's a walking bucket, right? Like that, that's a meme. And mm-hmm. it's like, we say like Kuzma's a walking bucket. Like anyone who, who can put up a jumper is a walking bucket. Cam Thomas is legitimately a points creator. He gets to the line at an insane rate. He had 10 free throws in game two. 
I think in game one, he had about 10 free throws as well, attempts. Um, he can, he has the ability to shoot off the bounce. He had that, like, I think his first three pointer in game two was a, a jump back, step back three. That was like perfectly what James Harden does. And he did it. And it was that, like, he has that in his bag. Um, and, and that's a unique talent. Like, there's going to be so many other guys. There's 60 players that are drafted in the NBA draft. I'm going to guess he's top five in the ability to score over the course of his career. Even if like guys like Jalen Green pop, he may be not that, but I think he's always going to be a scorer. The negative, and this is real, okay? He just doesn't like to pass, and he doesn't look to pass. He's call- he has he's, the ability. He's more, of a, he's more of a caller than a passer. He's calling for that ball. <laughs> <laughs> he's putting you know? the hand up. Yeah, he's putting the hand up early. Uh, I mean, like he had like so you could say like you know Mike he had four assists. I, I understand that he did get four assists. He also like if you just watch him play, one a lot of the other guys in the team don't really seem to like to pass to him. Like it seems like Brandon Knight at various times is like I'm not going to pass you the ball. Uh, there's a whole vibe yeah. with multiple players. I don't. I mean, I'm not trying to read too much into it because this is you know this no, is re- let's read into it. This gets into summer me- reading. This, this gets <laughs> this gets summer into meme territory reading. pretty quickly, but like. Dayron Sharp, for example, you know, game one, very conspicuously not going to be passing it back out after an off- offensive rebound to, to Cam <laughs> Thomas calling for an open three, um, <clears throat> which luckily worked out because that was okay. And we'll, we'll get to Dayron, but um, I not just Brandon Knight. It seemed like a bunch of guys did not want to pass the ball to Cam. Reggie Perry <laughs> for know. long stretches. And, like, yeah. should Re- Reggie Perry should be passing the ball a little bit more. He's been, like... He's been acting like he's Julius Randle. Like he's been like gunning it. He is gunning, especially in the first places. quarter. He's like this. Like I'm gonna like put my mark on this game in the first five minutes, and it's either on and it's all the way on, or it's not, and then I'm out of here. You know, that's that's it. So there, there's that. Like it's this really unique, polarizing experience to watch Cam Thomas because it is so clear the guy can score. He can score, and not just and and, and he does it in like a really unique way i won't say efficient because it's not efficient but he has the ability you know there's if if you can get to the free throw line and you can shoot from three like he shot three from seven from three and he was seven from ten from the free throw line that's an efficient style of basketball the only thing is that he adds the mid-range stuff which is actually fun to watch like i mid-range has now become like a fun element of basketball because so few players actually really shoot from the mid-range mm. uh it's just that like <laughs> He really, really doesn't care about passing. Like, he's not a point guard. He's not. He's a two-guard scorer. Don't expect him to run the show in any it's way. A tough, it's a tough model to fulfill because, like, you know, he, as as I often talked about, idolizing Kobe and everything. Like, idolizing Kobe is one thing game-wise. The mama mentality shtick is a whole other element to it that, like, you you really can't just – you can't walk in the first day of summer league with a mama mentality. That's, that's tough. Like Jamal Crawford, uh, understood that his particular brand of basketball is like kind of unlikable for other, for other teammates, unless you're like, you know, you just really need a bucket. And that's a great person to have. If you're, you know, it, it halfway through a regular season and like, just like, can we just get 17 minutes of bucket getting, you know, people start to like you then, but the politicking in place before that, the, like he's a known, like a renowned, well-liked guy. 
Jamal Crawford. A, a, yeah, a light... one, of, one of the cherished teammates yeah. in recent NBA history. Yeah. For and, sure. And, uh, and I don't know if Lou Williams says that, but he's got like meme status of like, he's just doing his own thing. He goes and... to the strip club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got two, cool. two girlfriends. He broke quarantine he... to go to the strip club. <laughs> he's just To like... get chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. Not even, like, that is fantastic. You know, that's great. Um, and just is a chill. Full support. Is a chill bro. That's that's the vibe I get. You know, he's kind of a kind of a meme chill bro. Um the mama mentality is going to be a tough fit right out of the gate is, is my line of thinking for camp Thomas. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's all. Yeah. There, I mean like there's like children of in the NBA, right? So there's all these children of Steph Curry that have now filtered through the NBA where it's just kind of, you know, smaller to mid mid-sized guards who just shoot threes and that's all they do. And that's all they want to do. Cause they've saw that how successful Steph Curry could be. Kobe has the probably the biggest, now in the NBA, he's the he's the father of many, 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 many players in the NBA. I mean, you go all the way up to Jason Tatum, Kyrie, down to people like Cam Thomas. Like he's the guy. Kobe's the guy that everyone a lot a lot in this generation points to. Um, and he's just like an interesting role model, right? Like it makes sense. Of course, he he should be every he should be your role model in basketball if you grew up watching Kobe. But also, it's like you could take bad lessons from someone who does it well. Right. You think like, oh, I I need to I need to when I get the ball like Kobe was like he had the amazing footwork and he diagnosed to play and then he would attack. And there's just a lot of guys who do that who then aren't like as good as Kobe. So then it kind of like gets into inefficient, ugly basketball, Mm -hmm. which we don't really love to watch. I'm not saying that's all Cam Thomas, but yes, he's definitely got I mean, he wears the Kobe shirt and. That's all great and fine. And we um, wouldn't even be talking about it if it wasn't successful on some level because he did, you know, put the ball in the hole. That was working. successful. Yeah. Yeah. And like in in the fourth quarter of the game against the Bucs, uh, Cam Thomas and De'Ron Sharp scored 20 of the 24 points. Little stat. Cool. Nice, um, nice stat. And it was mostly all Cam Thomas in the fourth quarter. Now, he had some bad plays. Like he had a turnover. Um, he had a couple of like bad like Aaron jumpers. But then he also got to the line a bunch, and he hit a three, and that's sort of the Cam Thomas experience. I think if, like, again, we're Nets podcast. I think if if Cam Thomas was drafted by a team like the Houston Rockets, like, that would be amazing, right, for him. Because he mm-hmm. would, I think it would average, like, 15 points a game yeah. in his rookie year, and right. he would be all rookie first team. <laughs> but probably better for his career is to be on the Nets, because what's going to happen is, like I almost and let me ask you this too. Mm. I almost don't want him to be like G League Long Island Nets star because I think if he goes to Long Island and just plays a bunch of games, he's probably just going to like try to put up buckets and not like he's not going to the parts of his game that he needs to grow. Mm. I don't think they're going to grow as much. He's going to become a better scorer, but like what he needs to do and he's young is he needs to like he does need to kind of play with some of the like KD, Kyrie, James Harden, to get, like, to find more of a role mm-hmm. early on and then tap into the scoring. I just feel like if he goes to Long Island Nets, he becomes, like, yeah, you know, G League, That's where I Colin actually, Sexton. I actually kind of think it's risky, like, in a way, in terms of longevity, because I do think you're right that, like, he could just, like, be plopped onto the, onto the Rockets and drop a 15 and then, like, you know, in – four years like get a kevin martin sort of style operation you know going or whatever just like a pure score like you know whatever yeah. that is um at at a high level and that would that's a good because you can get a nice big contract and like play a long time in the nba with that potentially um and in our situation he actually does have to like a, maybe adapt himself in an uncomfortable like good for basketball like winning basketball way maybe not for like 
getting the, you know, like for the, just if enriching yourself trajectory, <laughs> you know, that, that trajectory, <laughs> but like, I could totally see it. If he like wants to tack on some like Jimmy Butler playmaking elements to his game or whatever, um, I, I have no doubt that he can do it. I we I feel like we came in like down on Camp Thomas. Obviously, like any summer league player with like conspicuous upside, the way that we've seen is great. It's a good it's a good thing to have. It's 100%. just it's just a fun you know kind of it's fun to play Camp Thomas's agent. You know, for a personality like that <laughs> with a, with a style of play like that. So that's that's really all it is. But like I think it's a it's by far my favorite project. Um, well, yeah. And I, I do want to see him like just even just stand in the corner on offense and receive a pass and shoot an open three. Like because mm-hmm. you don't even see that in summer league. I mean, summer league basketball is a mess. It's a mess. It's, like, it's, it's really a, actually very hard to watch. Like having this is an interesting thing. Do you feel like when you know now that we've been spoiled with high level basketball, you know that all suddenly it all just like you know we, we got we got rich overnight. Um, that like there's a there's some downside to it which is like we used to care a lot more about summer league like it was like it was, <laughs> summer league was important because it didn't look all that different from what the nets were right like. there was a bunch of starters <laughs> playing on your summer <laughs> league team so there's like a correlation between like w- high level normal team basketball and then also like you know r- getting some real jobbers on your on your uh, summer league team no disrespect to the summer league team and the jobbers on there love love the jobbers but no. you know some of these guys are we'll yeah. never see them again mike yeah, it's just like uh, like the offense is all like pick and roll base. I mean, that's sort of almost I think why like the the Cam Thomas negatives just sort of like like uh, blinders on no passing sort of aspect that he'll play with. It, it, it's even more stark in summer league because there is no like what is he else is he gonna do? There's no offensive flow anyways, so it's not like it's right. not like that. You know, I just think, like it. Everyone's kind of doing it. I mean. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not ready for my Kendary weather yeah. spoon talk <laughs> just yet because I got one more thing on Cam. But like that guy's doing it too. No, it's a great point. Red We're Knight's not having it. a coach. A coach it. K designed like you know beautiful play coming out of summer league. It's just it's not gonna happen. Like the, yeah. the so it is a perfect time for Cam Thomas to do whatever he's doing. Here's the here's an extra thing that I actually think will be uh, really beneficial for Cam Thomas Cam Thomas over his career is that um, I love his size. Yeah, because he looks big on TV. A lot of these microwave scorer bros yeah. like Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford are like skinny, shorter. They they like they they can never play defense because of their size, right? He, he's more of the of the Joe Johnson build. He's headed for a Joe Johnson body. Maybe he'll grow. I mean, he's pretty young. A, a Sean Kilpatrick, even you could say. <laughs> you know, how dare you compare Be- anyone? Best to case scenario, the greatest Irish basketball player of all time. <laughs> yeah, um, but. He's like he's six four. He, he's not. He's definitely not tiny out there. He is big enough where, it, later in his career, if he's great, he could be a two guard and be able to play a two. And it wouldn't be like oh we, oh we're lacking size because we have Cam Thomas at the two. No, he looks he's, strong. He's, yeah, he's pretty big. And he's again, he's nineteen years old. He's gonna you know grow and get bigger. I I mean okay. If I put a grade, I mean we're recording this on Thursday morning. I think there's another Nets G League game today. So we're going to miss the third act of the Cam Thomas show. But if I had to put a grade on it, I would call it a B plus. I mean, that's a very Cam or grade. the team itself. Cam. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm I mean, I think it's even I would even elevate it to name minus potentially because he's like literally doing exactly what the the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it to a T well, as advertised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's fulfilling that role. So I mean, like what, you know, what is you know, what are you going to blame a, a bunny for hopping? That's that's how it is. You know, <laughs> is that a phrase that people use? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought so at first, and then I love it. Yeah. 
Uh, could have blamed a buddy for hopping. <laughs> no, I, I, again, let's perspective. There's a reason why he fell to the 27th pick, right? He's ultra talented, but yet plays a style of basketball that may not fit for everyone. Mm-hmm. So what I'm excited about is that he has this like fantastic foundation, and can the Nets mold him? You know who the Nets could really use? Kenny Atkinson. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. It, would, it would be great. Kenny Atkinson would do wonders with a Cam Thomas. What's because, his gig right now? Where's Kenny? Um, he just got hired yeah. as a new, I think in Portland. Yeah, I think that's right. I think he got hired in Portland as assistant to Billups. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm excited to see where he goes. I'm excited because I, again, go back to his shot. I think he's a really good shooter and he because he puts himself in bad situations his shooting percentages are lower than where they should be. I think if you can like nudge him a little bit, like, hey, don't try so hard. Like, just if you're open, if you get that open shot, just take it. I'm really excited to see what that looks like. I mean, from the line, he's like fantastic. So um, let's do this. Take a quick quick break. Coming back, we'll do Dayron Sharp, Quinn Derry Weatherspoon, Reggie Perry, David Duke Jr., and Brian's favorite, Kessler Edwards. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back, Brian. Ooh, wow. Let's talk Dayron. Okay. I'm excited about the Dayron, the Dayron, the, the future Dayron fights that are going to be happening in Nets, in Nets <laughs> Twitter land. It's going to well, be to good. Explain that. Why, why do you feel that way? <clears throat> so there's going to be two. There's, this always happens with players of this type. I mean, it's a very predictable thing, you know, but there's going to be the, the bit, the five heads who are, they're deep, you know, with their pocket protectors and their deep analytics are going to say Dayron Sharp is not the interior defender that he needs to be. Um, and then there's going to be other, the other side of that, which are, you know, this, this is a feelings this is an intuition based group. They like, they, they, they party hard, they play hard, they work hard. Um, and they're going to say Dayron is out there with his lunch pail, picking up defensive rebounds, offensive rebounds. There's stats to show that he's productive on the court, and they're just going to go, they're going to battle. They're going to fight it out, Mike, every night if he ever gets real playing time um, because that's just how those types of players are. I I I am going to be in the camp of, like, uh, really appreciating and loving Dayron Sharp. Great. Uh, 
the happiness camp, the camp camp for goodness is the where camp, I'm going to be. Camp for goodness. <laughs> camp for goodness. Um, I, I, so there was like an amazing stretch at the beginning of the fourth quarter, that Bucks nets game, where Dayron scored six straight points for the Nets, and there was one possession where he got an offensive rebound, passed it to a guy right next to him, like on the open near the basket. They blew the layup. Dayron got it again, getting the rebound over three Bucks players, and then he put it back up for a bucket himself. And I was like, that is two offensive rebounds within that a pass to another teammate over three bucks. Like that is the experience that I want to hear, see and hear. You know, everyone keeps talking about Dayron Sharp's the best rebounder coming out of the college. And I was like, okay, let's see it. That was it. It was like, wow, that was startling. Um, what do you think about his size? Can I, do you think it wasn't, it wasn't that overwhelming. He gets, he gets a little bit lost in there for me. And uh, uh, also because he's, you know, I wasn't expecting his, I didn't, his, his hair is different from what I expected. And it's, I'm always just kind of looking for him. I get him mixed up with a couple other guys. Um, but like, he doesn't, he's not as big as advertised is, is sort of my experience. Yeah. So he lost a whole bunch of weight yeah. and you, you know, I'm pro big, right? We're, we're, we're pro body every, every, positive. Everyone knows this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I still think it's good. The thing I do like about his size is that I feel like he, he is. A, a true center. Like, you know, he's a little bit shorter than like what you exactly want from the center position, but he's definitely not like Reggie Perry to me is never going to be a center, like a real center where Dayron Sharp, even if they're not that different in height, I feel like Dayron Sharp occupies the space down low at a much better place than Reggie Perry, where Reggie Perry sort of wants to be floating more around mid range, popping out the three Dayron's like, I'm making my money. Right around the basket. Yeah. And I love that about him. The one to, to your point about body positivity, I am so body positivity that I actually want him to go put that weight back on because it's not doing anything for him foot speed wise to be to be thin. And so you may as well be thick if you're not going to be fast. You know, that's that's my line of thinking. on that. <laughs> You might as well be thick. If you, I mean, I. So, OK, what is he? I don't know. You know, I don't know. But I mean, it's, I, I've liked what I've I've liked what I've seen so far. It's so funny we're trying to do this. We've yeah. seen two summer league games. Those games are horrible, yeah. right? And like the talent is just—it's a massive gap for what is going to matter. The, the thing that the thing that I try to pay attention to is like footwork, you know, like speed. Your like those like baseline athleticism memes, enough? the body you know, language. I'm huge into reading do they body hold language. Their shoulders up high. You know, how's their grip when they shake someone's hand? Exactly. That's yeah. a big one for me. That's a very big one for me. <laughs> and also, if you get in the pocket of the, you know, you get people that like they close down too fast and they get mostly fingers in your handshake. That's a problem. That's a big strike for me. Like, okay. And I'll tell them that at the time, but you just got a strike. Um, are you, well, tell me yeah, how, how firm of a handshake are you doing? Very, very firm. Very. Firm. Yeah. I, I try to break. I do. I do the hand, Trump yeah. thing. I try to like, that's my, it's like, you know, we're two bucks, you know, banging our heads out, you know, vying, you we're stags, the person, vying the for, the- for, for <laughs> superiority. <laughs> For for mating rights, that's what we're. That's, um, that's what we're doing. I just hold my hand sort of like uh, horizontal. <laughs> oh, you go, and I expect like, you go with a, for a Victorian. Yeah, just nice because so, to me that's more powerful. That's a flex. They're coming. That is a whole yeah, other they're coming kind of flex. Me. That's like a mafia like, sort of situation. It's a don. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. Yeah. Um, I do like day. I so the fun, Cam Thomas. Let's say B plus so far. My weird grading system. Dayron Sharp's a B, and like, and I think he's shown. You know, he's shown the things that they said he would do. He he rebounds, he hustles, 
I love his emotion. Like he's like he's like out there in these summer league games, screaming in the stands, fired and, up, and like fired up. He's also had he had one really nice pass in the Bucks game where he kind of got the ball near the top of the key, and he had two three point shooters, one close to him and one in the corner. And not a lot of centers do this, but he threw to the guy in the corner. It wasn't like a clean. It wasn't exactly a clean look, but he can make the pass, and it was a clean pass itself. I was like, oh, there's when you see them skipping passes like that, that's when you know that they have a little bit of skill. Um, and Dayron did that at that moment. Uh, I, I, I think he has shown talent, um, as Cam Thomas says. I'm just interested to see, you know, his finishing needs more work. He was five for seven, though, in the game, so like, can't really hate in this game. But what I'm trying to figure out is, is he going to contribute this year? Mm-hmm. And I can't really gr- – I don't know. I have no sense. The Nets tend to bring big men along pretty slowly. Uh, Nick Claxton being the perfect example of like where they they spoon-fed – they didn't even spoon-feed. It was an oyster but fork. But at least he's not on the summer league team. I mean, I thought for a second that Nick Claxton could be on here just how slowly they, they ramped that dude up. Um, <laughs> so it's at least a little bit of evidence to suggest that they're like respecting him as a, you know – As a human. As a human. As a human being. God, if Nick Claxton was on this team, he would have like eight blocks a game and with so many it would be running point and be fantastic. That's yeah. what we need. Great. Um let's do some quick stuff on a bunch of other Reggie Perry, controversial figure. Yeah. Um he's been highly inefficient. Um He's been, rip, he's been ripping threes. He's been ripping threes. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Do you think that's the right way for Reggie Perry to go? Do you think he should try it? Like, because in my head, Reggie Perry should more focus on being clean up around the rim, almost like how Dayron Sharp's been playing. Like he should focus on being a bigger guy as opposed to being a stretch four, in a sense. Yeah, I'm trying to think about like if I was in Reggie Perry's shoes, like what is the logic behind going over four from three on in summer <laughs> league? That that's like the that's it's concerning. Well, it's I, well, I can't tell if he's been given the green light by somebody. M- maybe he has. Maybe he hasn't. Uh, he obviously wants to prove that part of his game, and it's not there. So there's an issue there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the Reggie Perry experience is going to hold for us. Um, but he does not. He does not seem to be wanting to do the banging uh, that you would expect from a guy with that body type. There's not a whole lot of banging going on. When we did our like season preview interviews last year, like the guy, like Sarah Kustak told us this. I think we talked to Sarah to start the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like everyone was buzzing about Reggie Perry, that he was the guy in training camp who was like people were yeah like, whoa yeah who is this who is this it was the, it was the Nick Claxton from the year from the year after like Nick Claxton yeah. was had that meme yeah and Reggie Perry has a really good pedigree um, he was I think it was like the under eighteen team USA like team MVP for some tournament uh, he went to Mississippi State and was a highly ranked recruit and you know Mississippi State's not that good so the season wasn't that great but he was the best player on that team. And, you know, the Nets maybe kind of got a steal in the second round. And then the Nets draft five players this draft Mm -hmm. after adding a bunch of free agent bench guys. You know, so, like, where's Reggie Perry going to fit? So I think the three-point shooting is him him having been in a gym for a while, Mm -hmm. probably hitting threes and being like, I'm going to bust this out during the game. Time to bust. And um, it's, it's not working out too great. Uh, for our boy Reggie Perry, I hope he starts shooting better because I think there's talent there. But for me, I would be like Reggie, 
I know you want to show that three-point range. <laughs> what you should do is just be like active rebound, bro. Yeah. Just do that. Be athletic. Be aggressive. Be a me- a monster down low. And then figure out the three-point like way down the line. You, you don't shoot that fourth unless you actually think it can go in. I mean, so he's got some reason to believe that's going. It's not like he's going out there and, and putting up his cheeky two. You know, he's going for four. So he's he thinks he's got some. Um, let's let's have our Quindary Weatherspoon conversation. Okay. Um, I so of all the guys who are getting like a lot of the like most of the run on the summer league team. I think Mr. Witherspoon is probably the one we're least emotionally invested in. Like, there's all the rookies. Maybe Kaiser Gates is like another person who. How could you? How how do we have any idea of who Kaiser Gates is? But Mr. Witherspoon is controlling the ball a lot. Um, he's surrounded by Cam Thomas, who we want to see play. Uh, David Duke, who everyone really hasn't been enjoying the David Duke experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you hate. You hate you hate Quindary. Well, I didn't in the first game. I didn't. So I don't care about winning summer league games. And so there's this unfortunate thing where like you basically just want to see the guys who are under contract. So the rookies, like you just like like everyone clear out for yeah. camp. You know, camp. Can Thomas. they just play the five draft picks all together for the whole game, please? Which like, which sucks and it's selfish. But that's you know that's what we want. That's you know and we're fans. You know, we're selfish. Raekwon hasn't even hasn't even played yet. We haven't even, I don't even know where he is. Is he there? What's happened? He's the one I was most excited to where's, see. Where and is he hasn't Rick played back either as Mr. Zagorowski. Um, that's right. And I'm kind of interested to see why they drafted Marcus Zagorowski because that seemed to be the most outlandish pick of the five. And and also, like we got 16 minutes of Kessler Edwards. He didn't play the first game. That's not enough Kessler Edwards even for me. Okay, if I'm being on, if I'm being frank. With you, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. In our pre-show meeting, Brian was cursing. Yeah, Jordan Ott, Afangul. Jordan Ott's name because Kessler Edwards was barely getting any minutes out there, and I have no opinion. I mean, he did. He actually played. I mean, seventeen minutes. I guess is not like an insignificant amount, and he had no impact on the game, which I'm a little worried about. Um. So, anyways, back to Quindary. I don't mind Quindary. It's just he falls. No, into, you hate him. He falls into no, the category. Just tell people what he, you feel, Mike. He's on the side of Brandon Knight. He's on Brandon Knight's team of guys who are just <laughs> taking up a lot of reps and are they're not you know they're not keeping Raquan Gray on the bench, but they're not helping his case, Mike. Let me tell you that right now. Um, so, anyways, but Quindary's been fine, and he's you know obviously like <laughs> there's some problems there. We we talked about yeah, his eight turnovers, his, his turnover situation, but like it doesn't. It, we're not going to see him again, so it doesn't matter. It's like you know, I hate I hate to say it, but we're not going to see these guys again. I don't know. It feels like so. This this is the larger summer league thought experiment, right? It's like it seems strange to put Mister Weatherspoon on this team, um, because like where like. It, what what should be the mission going into the summer league? One, it's like, hey, let's look at David Duke, Alizé Johnson, Reggie Perry, our draft picks. Let's figure all, out all those guys whether they're going to have a role in this team. And Quindary or Quindari, Quindari, Quindari. Um, it, it it's like he's like in this middle ground of he's not a young draft pick that they have on the team, and he's not Brandon Knight. Where like Brandon Knight has all this history and this potential to be good. Weatherspoon's like sort of in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, like, is he like if he's not going to play for the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets? Why is he playing at all in the summer league? And he's playing a lot. Like, I don't know what his usage is because I don't have those stats in front of me. But I feel like he has like 
the highest or second highest usage on this team. The, f- the first game, it was pretty aggressive. I, he only played 21 minutes the second game, but his usage rate is still, I agree. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's high. I mean, you, I don't get, say, you don't get eight turnovers at a high usage rate. He is active and athletic. and uh, Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with him. And, you know, yeah. if, if we had him under contract, I'd be, I'd be more interested in what he was doing but we're just not going to put him on the roster so you know uh, you know i hate to be this is me i feel cruel <laughs> you know that's what's yeah. happening um should we be happy people love david duke jr and it's, why it's, I love, it's the handling of the name that's the you were about to launch into what that a beautiful yeah. what a beautiful so if, if you don't know i mean i don't really know how to get into this if you don't know who david duke is a a, a famed kkk member yeah he's like the um, guy he's like the head of the kkk the, yeah, yeah. right um, he, he was played by Topher Grace in um, in that movie about the KKK. Black Klansman. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. Um, and, and and so they asked him, our David Duke, the mm-hmm. good David Duke, how do you feel, you know, hey, this guy has this name. He's a horrible person. You aren't a horrible person. How do you feel about having the name? He said, if anyone should change the name, it's that guy because he sucks. It's basically what he said. He yeah. sucks and I'm good. And I want to try to bring some something good to the name David Duke, which I'm like, well, that is a fantastic perspective. Got to take it back. Um, Got to take the name back. I will say, though, the timing of naming the kid David Duke, you could. it's just one of those things where you, you got to do your due diligence. Well, but what are you going to – You, I will defend Mama Duke because, <laughs> like, uh, it's almost like, you know, obviously they didn't know that the other – david duke exist like they just didn't know that the other david duke i know existed. that's what i'm saying like when you're naming a kid that you do the little like was, did i accidentally he? he's 19 years he's 20 years old it was what oh, year dude it david was duke's been around forever he's been he no, was but i'm saying the the googledness of names like so i have two kids right, right? but right. even so the, the process you don't want to accidentally not me, bust you bust don't up. have children brian so let me explain to you how this works <laughs> this is why mike's kids are named adolf <laughs> We're trying to bring the name back, you know? Yeah. Actually, I was toying with it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Really? Adolf was like, came like, yeah. Yeah, it's like not a bad name. It Adolfo. Does. Ooh, Adolfo. Ooh, um, Italian flair. It's not a bad it. name. Yeah. Uh, it just happened to be a bad person had the name. Right, right. So you can take it back. Is there a name, is there a name that you wouldn't? Nah, never mind. Let's not go down that road. But um, I don't know. I defend mom. I, obviously, they didn't know that. So. You know, you don't go like now. Everyone Google's the name, everyone's name that they're about to do. You you search like, what's the meaning of Jessica? What's Jessica mean? And then you know, it's a Hebrew for right. comes on from high. You're like, oh, that's a that's a that's beautiful right. meaning. It has no impact on. And then like, you find out that there do. was a despot named Jessica, <laughs> a a dictator, <laughs> cruel Jessica dictator. the killer. Yeah. Jessica, the, I was gonna say Jessica the Hun, but yeah. there you go. that's good. That works. Attila, yeah. Bring Attila back. Attila's a cool a, name. That is a good name. Yeah. It's a big name. <laughs> if, if, if if I sent my little boy, my son's name is Rowan, which, yeah. so that's a Google name. Go, you know, that's, that's a, a Google, nice. It's a Google name? It's a name that you would like, you look up like anyone named oh, Rowan. Yeah. It's like Rowan Atkinson. You're like, oh yeah. crap, that's not that good. Um, but uh, if, if I sent him to, we're sending him to preschool-ish, it's like daycare, preschool, and there's an Attila in class, I'd be like, Got to know those parents. Got to meet them. Yeah, right. What a great name. Fantastic. All right. Uh, David Duke <laughs> Jr., the basketball player. The basketball player. Um, 
I think he looks he so what he he looks like he fits on an NBA basketball court. Yeah, yeah. Like his body size, athleticism, quickness, fluidity. He's got good fluidity. body language. Mm-hmm. He's not like you know he was zero for four from three in that in the Bucks game, four for ten from the field, and and but like. All of it makes sense. Yeah, like he, high, he, high on the eye test scale, low on the yes. maybe output. Not and, and, and I even think, not that low. Um, Fran Fraschilla said, Fran Fraschilla from ESPN said that David Duke has an Exhibit Ten contract with the Nets, which is, means that they have his G League rights, so he's going to be part of the Long Island Nets. Um, he was the one of the undrafted players that they signed to a deal immediately after the draft, so it's someone that they liked a lot to do so. Um, he, what I like about him. Is, we talked about how much of a mess summer league is basketball wise. He's playing like a role player should play even in summer league. Like he's defense trying to cause a little havoc, uh, running down the floor really fast, trying to hunt for open shots, uh, off the ball. I, I like what I'm seeing. The, the long Island nets could be like one of the top 30 most fun teams in professional basketball. If you have Cam Thomas running the show with Dayron Sharp, mm. and David Duke on the wing, Alize Johnson, Reggie wow. Perry getting minutes. Show, it's basically a summer league team, but show more Show at the Nassau Coliseum. Raekwon Gray. Where is Where he? Where is he? Break him out. Break him out. You know, speaking of eye test, I don't know if he caught any Jalen Green, but that is the most eye test pastiest player I've ever seen. I haven't seen Jalen yet. Oh, my no. gosh. Yeah, it's really – he's quite good. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I, that's – summer league – as much of a mess as it is, it is like super fun to see some of these guys. Like, there's who's the who's the big the big man for um, the Miami Heat that's like blowing up right now. I know there's like there's a couple of those players who are doing phenomenally well that you just have no clue who they are. Like, this is excellent. Mm. Um, anything else before we go? Um. That's it for me. Did, did you want to talk about Is there any rumors on the mill? Like there's some JJ Reddick stuff you were talking about? Real quick before we go, Bri. Mm-hmm. Um, JJ Reddick news. So I don't even know. <laughs> I'll be honest. The person who tweeted about uh, JJ Reddick is maybe going to decide between the Nets and the Lakers. Um, whoever tweeted that out, I have no clue who they are. And they, I think they, they write for basketballnews.net. Was it you, Mike? Michael? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to disparage... The website, I just don't know it. So I don't know the validity behind it, you know, but it's one of these things that like we should all grapple with. I mean, this is an open space and, you know, unlikely information, information comes from unlikely places sometimes. Well, you just never know where it's going to come from. Okay. Um, Interesting. So there was a report a couple of days ago that J.J. Redick may possibly join the Nets or the Lakers or maybe another team in the bidding. Um we have joked about many, many times that how sh- <laughs> how it would be an indictment on J.J. Reddick if he was not a Brooklynette um, because he lives in Brooklyn and he wants to live on the East Coast. He's talked about that many, many times, like he wants to play on the East Coast again, all that stuff. Um, let me ask you this, though. Do the Nets need J.J. Reddick, Brian? No, I don't think they do. I don't think they do right now. Oh, but later, but maybe later, but maybe later. So that's sort of my, my theory. Is it like, so, okay, this is how this has to work. I mean, I think if JJ Reddick gets offered a job at one of the competing teams in the NBA, even if it's the Knicks, like I would say, if it's like not knowing JJ Reddick, but knowing the way he's talked, if it's Nets, 
Knicks, 76ers, and then maybe the two L.A. teams, if he wants to go back there. If he got offered a job today, he would take it, Mm -hmm. right? But if he doesn't, I do love the thought of, like, J.J. Redick being the midseason free agent. I'm not quite coming out of retirement because they didn't retire, but coming out of retirement guy. Mm -hmm. And why the Nets would maybe want that is, hey, let's say there's an injury or they do – you know, apologize to everyone, make the Joe Harris trade. They're like, you know what? We can trade Joe Harris for player X who is going to help us out in this different way. And we can replace some of Joe with a combination of JJ Redick and Javon Carter and any other shooters, you know, Patty Mills, obviously being a prime candidate for shooter wing guy. Uh, I could see that happening right now though. Look at what the Nets did in free agency. Beyond Patty Mills, they got Bembry, who is a defender. Javon Carter was a trade defender. Uh, James Johnson, defender. They got a bunch of wing defender guys. Um, I love Bem- Bembry, by the way. Mm. I think yeah, we that never, was we never talked about Bembry. Low end signing. Mm. Uh, so I, I don't know if they really desire to have like uh, another. They're, they're a pretty loaded roster right now. Mm hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if J.J. Redick was on the team, but I don't think it makes sense for him to have him on the team. No, I agree. Put it to um, bed. Put it to bed. Last thing. We didn't even talk about this, and this is a small thing. Kevin Durant signed his extension. Everyone's already talked about it. I mean, it, I will just say this. It is incredible. Yeah. Five, like, five more years of Kevin Durant. Yeah, and, and even if, like, so this happens a lot in the NBA where a guy will just grab an extension and even if he wants to get out, they'll, he'll force a trade out and that happens. And maybe that's going to happen with Kevin Durant. But uh, a lot of also superstars like Kevin Durant haven't done that recently. They've yeah. actually taken the one and ones and all that stuff so that they can choose in free agency where they want to go right? Uh, and not be beholden to a trade. So at the very least, the Nets have Kevin Durant or the ability to control Kevin Durant's uh, where he plays basketball for the next, what, five years or whatever five it is. Years. And hopefully he plays in the Nets for all five years and wins six championships within five years somehow. That'd be amazing. I am interested to see how long it takes Harden and Kyrie to sign theirs. Okay, let's tough question. Mm-hmm. Let's say Harden size his, right? And he has like a massive extension. Would it surprise you that Kyrie doesn't sign That's, extension? I mean, he seems to be the one that would be the holdout. He's always, I mean... For uh, obvious meme alert, you know, he's got the que- the most question marks um, about his, you know, future interest in basketball. He's got enough. He's got a lot of other interests, um, to put it lightly. So uh, that's a, a dude that's unpredictable. I do think I I would be very surprised if Harden didn't sign that extension. I would be, I'd honestly be surprised if either of them didn't sign their extensions. I just think it's like it's hard to finesse a super team on any level and to have one season where it like mostly went all the way good and like, you know, you're on the right. I just feel like the Nets are a really particularly good situation for guys like that, not just because it's New York, but just cause like it's like so low pressure plus high um I don't know, platform. The platform is big. The pressure is low. It's a it's a really sweet spot for, for people like that. Yeah. I mean, for, during the playoffs when the Knicks, you know, had their fantastic playoff run where they played that five huge, games. That was a huge – that was a great game, that one game that they won. Yeah, the yeah. one the one game. And, I mean, there's so many celebrities. Yeah. It's amazing. What an amazing environment. Um, everyone's flipping out. Oh, the Knicks own New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
that we've talked about this many times. That works against the Knicks. Yeah. To have all of that attention. There are, of course, there's going to be players, and I think it's happening soon, that will want to play for the Knicks because of all the attention and the, sort of the multiplying effect of playing for the Knicks in terms of your brand. If you're good with the Knicks, you could become, you know, an even higher level of superstar. 100%. I'm going to guess, knowing humans, mm. as, I, as, as you and I do, we know humans. You are a guy who knows humans. I've said that. The, the amount of pressure that already exists by being a max contract NBA player, that amount of pressure just as a base level, yeah. adding more pressure on top of that isn't appealing to a lot of humans. Most humans, let's see what Naomi Osaka, I know Simone Biles became more of like less about pressure and more about like a an actual thing that happens to gymnasts where they 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 get the yips in a way. Um, so it's less about pressure, more about like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just more of a mental block, but we're living in a culture with social media and all that crap where people feel more anxiety on a regular basis. The nets offer the least anxiety per capita in the NBA, yeah. right? Like you can become, like you said, you can go to Brooklyn have all the great access to that New York City offers without like having the glaring spotlight that is the Knicks. You get to come like you get everything that the Knicks basically give you, except like with the Nets, like, hey, look look at our show. And, and beyond all that, like I'm pretty dubious of the like fans have this like I think pretty dumb one-to-one reflexive logic of like, well, the team with the best fans is like obviously where everyone wants to play. And I really, I think that that factors in pretty low in the decision-making process of uh, a very high-level basketball player, of any, honestly, of any best player. I think like you're looking at the management, the location, the infrastructure, you know, what can they do for my family? <laughs> you know, like big life decision things are not based on like, well, they've got some crazy fan. They paint the, the have you seen the fans? They get drunk and they paint their faces. It's It's great. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go see that up close and personal for myself. I got to see that every night for five years. I don't think so. I think that that's a, I think that's a, a little bit of a like fan narcissism thing that we do for ourselves. Um, and for that reason, the Knicks haven't been able to like you know acquire all those fancy free agents because I think that they've been leaning on like we've got this big, this great fan culture and it's like but everything else is a complete dumpster fire. But like those fans are kick ass. The the sort of the lack of fervor mm-hmm. with surrounding the Nets fan base is an is an asset in my way. It, like it, I agree, I agree. I mean, not, I think not it, to, like, yeah, not to zag all the way. No, what you're saying, yeah, yeah. It it's an asset. It's like. <laughs> it Nets fans, people listening to the show, aren't psychos. I mean, there's some crazy Nets fans. There's, there's more. It's increasing. Like you can tell, as the as the team gets better, it it you're funneling for more psychos. That's a that's yes. a, a an interesting thing that's happening. And I support. Hey, I I support psychosis. Yeah, uh, as a fan, I th- I get it. But I also think that the lack of sort of pressure and all that insanity around it is. Uh, is a positive and that's why people want to come I and mean, Durant even said it himself he he came here because he, he likes the black and white jerseys and he likes the vibe and the, the, the team black and, and the, white jerseys yeah he said that <laughs> he did he, he did say that um so they i mean kevin durant is going to be a, i mean it's kind of it, it is incredible thing to think about with Kawhi the way he hasn't f- like fully embraced the clippers there's a lot of guys who even though they go to these teams now lebron and ad both signed the long-term contract with the lakers LeBron's at a different point in his career. AD 
you know, obviously could have made different options later on, but it's a nice, a nice, you know what this means? I think this probably means Durant's going up in our rafters after if he if he goes the distance, win a chip, win a, just the one chip. I I mean, where I mean, a lot he, has to happen. A lot has to happen. But you think he's going his the the jersey's going to Golden State? You think it's going to Oklahoma where they've been burning his jersey for for well, a decade? I think Golden State has already said that they're going to put up Durant. Well, you can't already say that. What do you put? I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm looking at. Can up, you have I'm it? Sure in, Golden State have, has said. Can you have it in multiple arenas? Yeah, yeah. Who's, I, who's, got, the, who's got the multiple arena treatment? Uh, Kevin Durant's jersey will hang in the Thunder's rafters, I guess. Oh They've already God. said that. Oh and it's going to come up in the Warriors' rafters because... They're all, we're all going to... All right, never mind. Have, keep the Durant jersey. I don't know. I don't know if it's true that it's... I'm just seeing bad links to stuff. But, like... <laughs> Like if, you can't you can't come out and already lay claim to that. Like is have, Shaq up in the Magic what if he, Raptors? What if he plays another ten years? He, what he's thirty two, he could go till he could easily go another ten years. Not easily, but he could go another ten years. Um, I mean, is that's a good question? Is Shaq in in the rafters in Orlando? Yeah, who's uh, who's in the most rafters? I mean, LeBron is going to be up in Miami, Cleveland, and the Lakers. Um, Jordan's probably going to be up for the Wizards. <laughs> I didn't realize that they did multiple. I guess that makes sense. I didn't. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a franchise decision. This isn't. There's isn't a collective body. We need to like the. We I mean, need to formalize this thing. We need to shore this up because it's going to get out of hand. It's going to get way out of it's hand. It's going to get crazy. I mean, the, the the amount of like dedication videos to guys who've played for like six. That months. that is a pretty good. That's a good meme. The like <laughs> the like Torian Prince like music video. <laughs> That's so good. And it's just quite jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just, how, yeah. how low can we go? I mean, Chris Chioza is going to get one it's when just, he comes back with the Warriors. You signed with the Warriors. Congrats, congrats to Chioza. Congrats to Big Cheese. But, I mean, I, didn't he come on the show? Everyone who comes on the show prospers. That's true. Dinwiddie. Except for us. That's the, that's the only people. <laughs> that's the only people. Dinwiddie got paid. Um, you know, Brooke Lopez just got paid. He's been on the show. Big fan of the show. Big fan of the show. Mike. Bruce Brown got paid on the show. Jeff Green got paid. Come on. The show. Look at us. Damari Carroll did not. Well, actually, he got paid. Technically, he did. He Remember, did. he got a contract totally. with the Spurs? With the Spurs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're big deals. That's what happens, Mike. All right. Get us out of here. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we're going to keep potting uh, through the Summer League. Then, I don't know. Brian and I are going to talk schedule, like, in terms of our schedule coming up, like, what do we want? You know, what do we want to do? There's going to be a deadish period, but we can figure Th- out. That's where all the, the dumbest memes come out. There's going to be the cocktail episode in there somewhere, you know, I'm so excited for the cocktail, that episode. kind of stuff. The, there's a 48 hour straight podcast coming up. Um, something like the 72 hour, maybe. I don't know. I can't, we'll yeah. figure it out. 73 hours, 73 hours. Actually, it's going to be extra 127 extra. hours. We're going to trap our arms under boulders. All right, Mike. Um, at, at BK Glue Guys on Twitter, Nets Daily is an affiliate. The Athletic, big affiliate. Um, shout out to the Discord. Links in the Twitter bio. Uh, five stars. We want them. We need them. We have to have them. Thank you so much, everybody. We're out of here. Good night. Yeah, it's Howard Deaton.